This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle. This episode of Travel is Your Business is powered by Sennheiser, the future of audio. My name is Carrie Zile. I am head of the Amadeus for Startups program. And what I love about travel is really there are so many things I love about travel. And I've been actually traveling since I was two years old. Uh, My father was in the travel industry and it just always fascinated me. And I wanted to do something that was going to get me into travel, allow me to travel, allow me to understand how it all works, the whole ecosystem of travel. And now I'm really pleased that that's all led me to, to helping startups. And someday, ultimately, I'd love to have one of my own. The travel industry is at a crossroads with technology. How do the big names maintain critical revenue streams in the face of an aging infrastructure without missing out on the opportunities that the next generation of innovation and tech talent bring? Coming up, you'll hear from someone who led the largest enterprise tech company in the travel industry through a cultural shift to put innovation at the forefront of their conversation and how their white glove approach has shepherded startup founders to greater success. This is Travel Is Your Business, covering the intersection of technology and business in the travel industry. So, Carrie, hi. Hi. (laughs) We're off the the tail end of the Travel Disruption Summit. How are you feeling? I'm feeling tired, but probably not as tired as you after (laughs) all your hard work, but also just kind of jazzed. I mean, I just think there's so much going on in in travel in particular with the startups and the rest of the world, the rest of the companies, suppliers, distribution companies, technology companies are really embracing it. I think that there's a lot of work to do, but there's a lot of work that's been done to understand what uh, startups need and and how we can help them. Yeah. Well, you've done a lot of work around this. Um, Yeah. I mean, you run the startup program for Amadeus, all of it, all of North America at this point, right? Actually, we are globalizing the program. Oh, so wow. I am in charge of the Americas now. So, which has been fun because we rolled the program out to Latin America and to Asia Pacific last year. It had just started to uh, kind of blossom, and we were working with uh, the Europe, my European colleagues. So I'm now actually fully 100% own that, which is really great. That's so awesome. it just it proves that. The program is resonating. It's working. We've done a lot of work. It's evolved since we first started uh, dabbling in this, which was back in 2014. And Mm -hmm. by just looking at it from kind of a naive perspective that we thought something was there, Amadeus has a a lot to offer, actually, expertise and our technology and, you know, contact with specific types of customers that we already had supported. And how could we kind of selfishly look at how we would grow our business through helping startups. But it's mm-hmm. evolved way beyond that. We've just realized that there's more to what we initially assumed there were. There's no specific type of business model out there now that's larger than the next or continuing like it had over for the last, say, 20 years where B2C, you know, and now there's the big B2C players. You're probably not going to see a, a gigantic B2C player come out like and compete against Priceline or mm-hmm. Expedia or Kayak, maybe. But I think more importantly, you're seeing 
a lot of what I like to bundle in just travel tech, travel technology startups. They're doing all types of things. They might want to partner with one of those big guys to, 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 to scale and kind of just and provide value in the mm-hmm. travel chain. Or I heard um, somebody use the term today, bested, the travel ribbon, she was calling it today, oh, yeah. which I thought was a really interesting because there's lots of ups and downs <laughs> flowing in the wind, I mean, through tra- you know, that happens throughout your journey. But that's been one of the largest learnings for us is what we originally looked at this program for, mm-hmm. albeit altruistically to help startups, but looking at it from a more of a narrow lens, which has just grown enormously. And we've grown along with that from year to year. We've we've looked at the program slightly differently. We've evolved it. We've brought new solutions and technology into it. We've created a partner community to mm-hmm. add value to the program, to add value for the startups. And we look at every startup very uniquely, not are you a B2C model or a B2B2C model or a direct-to-corporate model? You are providing value across the board, and how can we help you? And we do that through our technology and their solutions, obviously, but through a whole load of very high-touch services and support. We have expertise in all sorts of different areas of travel, and we want we harness that. And a lot of other groups within Amadeus, I refer to them as my internal partners, they want to help. So I can draw upon innovation teams and R&D teams and subject matter experts elsewhere besides our core online and startup team to help help these startups figure out what they need, help them get get what they need and help them launch and scale is essentially what we what we're here to do. So yeah. that's really been a very again learning curve and a huge I guess, leapfrog from the original intent of us being a bootstrap program within a large global organization. Um, and we've, we've pivoted a few times and we've learned a few things. And I think now we're in a really great place to be in a, well, to consider ourselves kind of a mature startup now where we've, mm-hmm. we look at things a little bit differently through the learnings we've had, through the startups we've helped, through the partners that we have, that I can sit there and go, you know, we we actually can look at the ones that are in out there in the world now that we've helped launch or partner or or get into what I, we refer to as production mode. They're out there doing their thing, yeah. generating. You know, I have a business model that's working. They might not be profitable, but they're generating revenue. We are helping them figure out what their next step is, what they need to do to scale and grow, and their success is our success is how we look at it, and then. Even stepping back further through partners like you know Voyager HQ and others, we're getting really high quality startups coming into the program, right. and we've learned enough to actually, you know, be a little choosier about who comes in. I'm not going to turn away. We're not going to turn away a startup that comes through the door. They might not bubble up to the top through the way that we assess them and qualify them for the program, but we. I might just know someone I could introduce them to. Yeah. Or yeah. I could say, you know, if you thought about this a little bit more, and I by no means am the expert, but I'm learning all the time, but if you've thought about this aspect of your business a little bit more, or you talked about this a little bit further, or you had someone expert in that area, you know, come back and talk to me in six months. Yeah. Or I'm going to introduce you to a couple of people in my partner network that can help you. They can I mean, look at what you're doing and, right. and, and help guide you in, a, in you know, to be more confident about what your next step is. Well, one example of that I was going to mention is is even a shared member of ours, uh, Axel, originally BusBot. Yes. Um, 
you know, wouldn't necessarily be under your original purview, but you guys have done an incredible amount of support for, for B and the team. Yeah. Um, so it's a testament to the amount of resources you guys have. I, I think it's very unique um, with Amadeus's product suite. Even when we were talking today, I mean, it was, you know, the the opportunity to touch literally every aspect of a traveler's experience. Mm-hmm. Literally, when we mapped it, every single one that we would correspond to, uh, uh, how we index a startup for Voyager could be mapped to a product with Amadeus. And it was... Um, I mean, not not surprising to me, but it is like surprising if you are unfamiliar. Yeah, you're uniquely positioned to really provide a, a lot of resources. And so, one thing that's unique also about your program is that it's independent of your corporate venture capital arm, right? So they run in tandem and parallel yes. and work together, but not necessarily uh, have a reporting strategy. So, could you describe a little bit about how that relationship looks? Yeah, absolutely. We do have quite a few groups within Amadeus that do support startups in a variety of ways. The Amadeus for Startups program, we don't invest, we don't take equity. Mm-hmm. We're kind of the the shoe in, the conduit, if you will, to initially looking at what we can do to help a startup launch and scale and, and ideally provide the value of our program to them. Mm-hmm. But yes, there are startups that come, as I mentioned earlier, they fall into this category that we can't obviously help perhaps with our APIs, for example, or our data solutions, but they might fall into what we refer to as our strategic investment pillars or what we look at as ideal categories that we believe are interesting in the travel industry, interesting to us, somebody we might want to partner with more in depth, look at an M&A experience and or invest. And the ventures arm, then I know exactly the types of things they're looking for strategically. There's some very clear categories, and I will make that introduction. So I talk to my colleagues. They're an internal partner or a sister partner in within Amadeus. And there, again, there's several of those. And so we know each other's core values. We know each other's mission. We know each other's st- strategic initiatives and we we work with each other that way. So I'll introduce to the ventures team, and they they take it from there. And generally, you have to be a little bit more on the mature side as far as Amadeus goes in investing. We usually it's a it's a it's a Series A or above. We're never an initial investor, a more mature startup. But there's quite a few that have fallen into those categories we look at that that are now in the pipeline for ventures. And that's mm. how we do it. We work back and forth. They also send startups into the Amadeus for Startups program when they know they're looking for things that we have. Right. I mean, it makes perfect sense as, as like lead generation for Amadeus as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, you mentioned that, you know, uh, the the lens by which you look at uh, potential startups to work with has mm-hmm. gotten broader. Yes. Um, can you describe a little bit about what is the what is the focus for Amadeus, um, even though the the broader scope is available to startups, mm-hmm. what are some of the things that are on the horizon for for the company more specifically? So I think uh, actually we talked a little bit about those in the, the event today. Uh, we have a real big fo- focus on operational efficiencies. So mm. back end, where can we partner invest with startups that will provide value within our IT practices. We have a air, airline IT, airport IT, hospitality. So Amadeus has these types of things too that 
startups can bring value and, and efficiency within those technology stacks. Mm-hmm. That's one area. We we look at innovation and kind of unique things. We we have been exploring blockchain a bit. Where we take that, we're not sure, but that is one of one of the things we have looked at, and we do have a a partner there. Um, non core or non air content. So. Uh, in destination, activity, types of content that we have not traditionally distributed. That's an area where isn't our core value, isn't the core kind of content we or supply that we manage or distribute something we look at. So we, we look at areas that, again, are not our core value. We, we plug in, we could partner, and it's the same old type of thing. Do you do you build, do you buy? So we strategically look at those things that are going to enhance our business. That's great. Are there... um. What would be kind of your favorite startup story? My favorite startup story <laughs> from all the people. I mean, you've oh. you've interacted with hundreds at this point. Yeah, you know the the program's been around four years. Is there one that just gets you super jazzed? Well, you you mentioned one a bit earlier, Axel. <laughs> <laughs> like that they they get me super jazzed, and I, as far as I'm concerned, you know, they're they're part of the Amadeus for Startups program. I've made lots of connections for them and introductions and they are testing some of our data solutions to complement what they're already doing. Um, they talk to our technology guys in R&D a lot to understand infrastructurally how these types of distribution systems work for what they're trying to do. And we're, we're just always looking for ways to help them. They're just a fun story. Mm-hmm. Um, another one that I, I think back you know, some have taken a really long time. Freebird's a, a great example. They're doing really yeah, well. They're killing it right now. We 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 felt from the very early days that there was something there. They didn't uniquely fit into again a couple of years ago when we looked at this rather, I guess na- naively. You know mm-hmm. that oh B two C we have loads of B two C very large customers at Amadeus, but and there are partners and we will you know they're they're great partners fair portal is a perfect example but they have they've evolved into loads of different types of businesses so mm. everybody is um but freebird i felt had a really unique a really unique idea and it's it, it it's proven out so it took a while to figure out what value we could bring to them and we, we did it last year, and, and now they're they're in our portfolio, and they're a, a partner of ours. So they're they're leveraging you know different types of solutions from us, and and some are doing that now that I wouldn't have thought two and a half years ago that I could offer them anything in that respect. So that's a real fun story. Um, there's a couple that do really unique AI. I know that's a broad AI and <laughs> machine learning and chatbot type of work, but very cool stuff yeah. and i i honestly i look at them from a perspective that when i was l- first learning about the types of things that we offer at amadeus and i thought i would have no idea that that data solution we have multiple ones would allow that to happen i mean me hmm. learning and watching how these startups can evolve and take data and create you know, a chatbot talking back to him, booking a flight. I mean, it, I I find it really fascinating. But the the different trends that I see, they're pretty in line with anything that you would you would read out there. Yeah. I mean, the predictive analytics and the merchandising and recommendation engines and 
I've seen several different ones pivot. Relevate's a great example of, of that. They started out just being a recommendation engine, and now they're doing super interesting things with predictive recommendations, I guess, using a lot of data. But they've narrowed down to partnering to scale. They've, they've moved around, but they have a really unique way of of creating trips for, for specific groups, whether it's in the university space or um, teams, you know, organized team spaces. And they, they curate that really well. That's one That's of my cool. favorites. It's not a real well-known one. It's more of a closed user group, but I like that one. I'm, so there's, there's, there's loads of stories. I mean, I think, <laughs> you know, you know how many come, come yeah. in an hour applying through Voyager doing incredibly unique things. We, we, we heard several pitches today. I love stuff that no one would have ever thought would, would have been traveled 10 years ago. That's a, that would be travel related, <laughs> but it really is now. And I, I, I like the usage of, again, the, the data. I think from our perspective, generating more value to startups that are not going to be booking a trip. Hmm. That's still a core value and a core bread and butter of ours we do that we distribute that's what we do but we also realize that there's this really interesting stuff going on out there that um it's going to plop themselves through partnerships in the midst of all those booking paths that may have already been well established by somebody else but they're doing cool stuff in there predicting you know flight delays and helping you out or creating um the ability to to bid for fares and rates and and getting into some nitty-gritty areas that suppliers would not necessarily have ever opened up to consumers, and now they are, and uh, and, and thinking about it. Maybe slowly, the big big companies, but but they're realizing that, hey, this this is going to help me, whether it's through loyalty programs or selling a seat that's not sold or having some fun gaming going on at the, the check-in desk before before the flight takes off because there are extra seats and, hey, let's let's play a game and see who can bid for a first-class seat. That stuff's mm-hmm. going on, and pilots are happening now with, with airlines. So I think everyone's minds are opening up to the, the different things that are travel and travel disruption. We, everyone's using that word now. So, yeah. <laughs> So the cool kids are all the using cool travel destruction. I think that's been being used for many years. So. <laughs> we totally just I couldn't co- think of a better word. Yeah, TechCrunch disrupt. We just grabbed, you know. Yeah. No, I'm kidding. Um, the uh, but you mentioned pilots, you know, like yeah. the, um, not airline pilots, but doing a pilot yes. with an airline. Yeah, yeah. You know, you also mentioned though that you've worked uh, through the program in helping some of the startups plug in with you know data solutions and and you know amongst many products that Amadeus has. Yeah. Um, those are really complicated POCs. Uh, you know, it's something that we've seen consistently across mm-hmm. the board. Is unless you're really in uh, in deep with the partner, that the POC can go any which way. Yeah. Um, and uh, there's a there's a control factor to a lot of that. Yes. So, um, you know, if you've been at this for for four years, you and manage the POCs that you have running right now, I'd be curious. You know. What is that? How how do you shepherd them? How do you how do you help the the startups navigate those solutions? Like, mm-hmm. is there a, a a secret sauce to that, or you just have to figure it out as you go? I think there's a maybe a little bit of both. There may figuring out as we've gone along has maybe started to create a little bit of secret sauce. So mm. we we believe this program has resonated for 
a bit of our secret sauce. And we we thought that secret sauce was possible, and now it we certainly know that it it is valid mm-hmm. and it's here. And that's really about providing the softer side of the program. So from the minute I chat with someone or meet someone or we engage with them, um, they're they're our partner. You don't have to purchase anything from us to be our partner in Amadeus for startups. We and the secret sauce lies in there. It's a real white glove. Someone in my team uses that and I like it. It's an old school thing, a white glove approach. Yeah. But the white glove approach, um, it works. And again, if if you have it's unbelievable if I've only introduce someone to a, a LinkedIn connection or someone mm. I worked with at a different company who's working somewhere else right now that everybody wants to know this person. I mean, I I will make that. I'll say, you know what? I'm not going to blindside that person, but I'm going to go to my connection and say, hey, you know what I'm doing. Here's the scoop. Here's Here's why I think this startup is interesting and I'd like you to have a chat with them. People are very willing to help reach out that hand and have those conversations. And I think that's extremely important in yeah. the startup world. At least that's what they're telling me. <laughs> and I think the more we provide that support and not just try to shove something down their throats that we think they need, to, they need mm-hmm. um, I think the better off we're all going to be. We're going to see higher quality startups coming out. We're going to see companies like ourselves, who we've really opened our eyes because we're doing all these things for startups now. And we're, our, our, we're amazed by the things we're seeing, the things we're learning, who we're partnering with and who we're investing in. And other companies are following suit. The pilots, yeah. airlines are notoriously, and they notoriously closed environment. Uh, technology is, you know, mm-hmm. been around a long time. Um, and in some cases, a lot of the airlines, they procure their their technology from us. So we want right. to, from the inside, provide more value in that where they can take that from the get-go. But a lot of them are opening up their doors to just see what is possible. And some of the, some of the newer, you've asked about some interesting stories. One, unfortunately, startup isn't around anymore, but Options Away and Flyer had tried to do a couple of these things. They were successful working with partners and airlines to do some very interesting um consumer-facing value-add technology, but providing additional revenue to the airline without disrupting any of their own revenue management capabilities, which is so near and dear to their heart. So Mm. eyes are opening, and I think people, you're going to see more and more that that type of support and help in proving out the concepts and piloting to do so and, and... Partnering to scale is is really, I think, where a lot of these more travel tech startups have to go. And they're again, they're not fitting into nice little tied up boxes and bows of of specific business models. It's everywhere, and all sorts of interesting things. So I, I look forward to everything evolving. And I our company is is going to do it with them. And I don't know. Maybe we'll maybe we'll have some innovation 
hackathons internally that come up with more and different and better solutions technically for the startups too. I mean, we're already always working on that. Mm -hmm. Um, More open APIs, easier technologies. Someone said something today about, you know, mainframes or been around for a long time you can't find anybody who you, you need to get off them we are mm. we are right thank goodness we are there's <laughs> a lot of work that goes into that but there's nobody to maintain or, or work on those i mean that's antiquated technology and there's nobody learning that in school today yeah it's kind of the same with apis and the way these things are evolving you've got to keep on top of those and improve those and i've talked to startups that you know i, I want to help them and we will help them. We will walk them through things because our, our APIs are evolving just like everybody else's. But you you cannot – it's tough to find consultants and technologists and developers that understand that even right. at the lower levels of, 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 of API technology. Like the evolution hasn't moved as fast <laughs> as the people learning about the new <laughs> technology. You know? So it's hard to find people to work on that. So those are things you have to help them through. And if you're not, if your APIs aren't fully evolved yet to where, you know, these young guys coming out of wherever MIT think they should be, help them get there, help them understand. I mean, bridge that gap till everybody gets there. Mm-hmm. And again, that's the soft touch. That's our white glove. You know, we're going to help you. We're going to figure out how to do that. And if it's not me or my program or my whole team and the whole support group within my team. I mean, our, our, our team is passionate about it, but if we can't do it immediately, we're going to find someone that can. And that, that's, I think has been, um, I mean, just hugely eye opening. And we stand here at different events and we hear things and people talk about the program. My gosh, that's wonderful. All I did was introduce you to Joe Smith. Yeah. And the guy's like, yeah, but that was helpful. Joe yeah, Smith opened right. these other doors for me. Of course. So, yeah. I mean, one little introduction yeah. can mean a lot. Yeah. So all of that combined, you know, and the partners, the tech, our technology, our solutions, and this very high touch white glove approach um, has allowed us to keep going. And, and, you know, it's rolled out everywhere and globalizing, and we're pretty proud of that. So we're, we want to keep on doing doing it right and evolving with the startups and what they need. Welcome to Hashtag Moms Got This. Get your mom life fix four days a week. I'm Michelle Parr. And I'm Stacey Eagle. Together, we chatted up with a new boss mom each week about her journey and why she's got this. Make sure to subscribe and show us some love on iTunes, Google Play, and wherever the best podcasts are found. And remember, Moms, mom's Got This. <laughs> Keep up with the show on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Our episodes are available on iTunes and Google Play and online at travelisyourbusiness.com. Plus, there are a lot more great shows on Mouth Media Network. Take a trip to mouthmedianetwork.com to enjoy them all. And remember, we love fan mail. Drop us a note to say hi, suggest a guest, or if you'd like to become a sponsor on the show, Email us at travelbizshow at mouthmedianetwork.com. So, Carrie, you know, this program is global. You run the Americas. Yes. So, 
you know, Amadeus is originally out of Spain. Yep. And our headquarter, we're headquartered in Spain. Mm -hmm. So how does the, the program interact from, from the Americas to Europe to, to the, you know, APAC region? Well, we, with the success we've seen uh, in the launch of within North America, which we officially launched in May of 2015, our full year of operation 2016, and we started to take a look at, um, I mean, what, what led to globalization was a, was a couple of things. We, again, were experimenting in North America, and we actually had a competition at Amadeus globally, um, and we did a shark tank, kind of like, they call it Dragon's Den in Europe, if I don't know if everyone's familiar with that, yeah, but yeah. there were six different new ideas, innovative ideas, whether it was uh, cost-saving or revenue-generating or whatever it might be across the country, and it was vo- or across the world, excuse me, and it was voted on in Amadeus for Startups. One, it was top six ideas in the world. And so I got to go to Spain, sit in front of the executive uh, team, and they were the dragons or, you know, the sharks, and do a pitch. And that was really exciting. Recognition came through that initially. Um, and we, you know, we had, again, looked at this of, wow, we've been helping some onlines, a couple of startups, you know, unofficially had come through our online group. And, you know, some are pretty big names now. We, we all know about, um, you know, uh, Flight Hub and a couple of the guys up uh, up north. <laughs> there are one. I mean, Fair Portal, yeah. Fair Portal was one. You know, we were working with them early on. But these are big, big companies now. Yeah. But um, nonetheless, we started to dabble. That was a really fun thing to do, and we we got recognition right away from that. Mm. Um, just being successful again in the online, launching this program again, dabbling in it, getting in front of these sharks and and pitching and getting the green light to just keep going with this, hmm. see where it goes. Um, so, I mean, that's, that's what we did. I mean, getting buy-in in a large global corporation is, is not easy. And some of it has been fun and organic where people are like, wow, look what they're doing with that program. I just want to help. I get phone calls all the time from people across the world. How, how can I help? How can I support you? I'm happy to do it in my spare time. Wow. That's awesome. And that that's a lot awesome. of fun. So as far as, how do you how do you engage those people? I'm well, curious. different time zones and stuff, but we, <laughs> we, we manage, and they really yeah. at this point just want to learn. We actually mm-hmm. created a blueprint of the program to more easily replicate replicate it across the the regions and different countries, which we started to do that, use that, and globalize it last year. I have counterparts in different regions in the world. Um, the we have a good foundation to start with because again, having started it. In the Americas, I recognized that a lot of leads that were coming in and asking for help and assistance and wanting to be part of the program were not in the U.S. and Canada or Latin. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were all over the world. And that also drove the recognition with with different leaders at the company that there's something here not just in that region. There's startups needing help everywhere. So, again, we just – we took the blueprint. We started to replicate it. I have – these counterparts I'm working with now, we have deep infrastructure in solutions and support teams across the world, which we're looking for profiles and people that want to provide that that white glove, you know, that white glove touch and mm-hmm. that support and service. And that's the key to what we're doing. And we that's been 
agreed upon. People like the approach. And that's now fully being, you know, replicated across the world. So we can also use the same partners. We're replicating the program. Right. It's there's you, you can't do it one big splash. So we're looking at really hot spots, you know, Europe, for example, you know, London, Berlin, Stockholm, you know, Paris, things like that. We're taking certain chunks in certain cities. It's clearly, you know, Bangkok is where we, we have a huge center in Singapore and we're looking at Malaysia is another area. I mean, there's five or six markets that my colleagues there are focusing on five or six in Latin America as well. And so once that gets up and running, we have the proper feet on uh, feet on the street, peep boots. What do you call all yeah, that? Yeah. Somebody boots on the ground. ground. And we have to have them in yeah. in ground. You know, there on the on, in on the scene in mm-hmm. those countries and in those offices in order to take this forward. But we've done so much work to get this program where it is now that we don't we don't really want to deviate again from that blueprint. It's working. The local nuances or the regional nuances that we need, we'll learn them and we'll grow that. And we'll we'll plug in partners or other other experts um, at the company to fill those gaps if we need to to ensure that we have all that coverage to handhold and support those startups with whatever they need. The beauty of that, what lays across it as well, is these other internal partners that we had. You asked me about our ventures group. We have mm-hmm. a Explore, which is an innovation area. We have R and D and airline IT and airport IT and hospitality. Those are groups that every regional Amadeus for Startups program is going to leverage in the same way and interact with in the same way and be a feeder to and fro in the same way and understand um, each other's missions and strategies mm-hmm. in the same way. So it's like a cultural shift. I mean, it's like, a, it's... in some respects, that's a great way. That's a great way to put it. Um, yeah, I, mm. I think it, it is, and it's it's kind of, it's kind of unique, you know. Big companies do things the same ways over and over and over again, but you shouldn't do that. Right. Find cracks in that. Right? We all it's know that in, definition. Yeah, it's yeah. called insane. Insane, right? right? Yeah. Uh, and we, I, I like that. Eyes are opening. People are understanding. People are wanting to understand. And, and they're supporting it in a in a variety of ways, but it's the most fun part. Too, sorry, right? I mean it's generating revenue too. It's genera- so there's a bottom line. It is generating you know, revenue, so which it... that also helps to get buy in. Right, <laughs> uh, that helped with the original, um, the original look see at the program, saying, "Oh, keep going." We we right. see that, and we didn't have much opportunity in the beginning to prove that. Right. There right. was just a gut feel across the board that we were doing something right, and we were getting feedback mm. from startups and from other larger customers of ours are saying, you know, that's kind of cool that you're you're doing. If we hear of something, can we send it your way? It was even before we we built out a, a partnership component, which you know Voyager HQ is part of. It mm-hmm. was before that, so that that was really helpful. The first year of operation, though, we we did do a smart thing and look at KPIs that typically our company would look at mm-hmm. uh, to just. You know, ascertain uh, value. And uh, we we looked at that in the first full year of operation, which was 2016, and we were pleasantly surprised. And then that just kept the fuel going, more buy-in. That's what really sparked the the globalization and where we are now in doing that because we've seen true numbers um, and just based it on what we've traditionally looked at. Right. No, that's as, good as, benchmarks. as KPIs, yeah. And the, yeah. And the uh, you know, when you're developing a partner program, like a startup program should really be, right? Mm-hmm. It um, it obviously is very good to have a mutually beneficial relationship. Yeah. So um, I think it's it makes a lot of sense 
to to formulate that thing. Um, uh, I'd be curious. You know, I'm sure you've seen a lot of the startups struggle through similar kinds of things. We see a lot of the same kinds of challenges here yeah. at Voyager. But um, what are some of the most common ones that you see? What would you be like? Hey, just avoid this entire area of yeah. things. You know, yeah. is there any that you you've been able to help guide people through? You know, or direct them around? Well, I think um, a common theme or, or a commonality that I see across startups, you know, there's so much enthusiasm to start with. Um, you know, they see the problem, they've experienced the problem, we're going to solve the problem. But it's tra the travel industry as a whole, and we, we talk about this a lot, we've talked about it here, it isn't an easy industry to break into. Been around Definitely. for a long time, hugely valuable, still loads of opportunity. We all know and we all hear all this. Um, but also the infrastructure of the travel industry it just moves at a snail's <laughs> pace. It's and very so complicated. It's very complicated <laughs> and then and very and very regulated. Right. And some of those things, you know, um are frustrating and hard to understand. Mm -hmm. You know, often when I speak to startups so I don't I don't understand why we can't get to that data. Well, it, it may be and I think about this a lot maybe just because no one's ever asked anybody for that data before. So no one's actually talking about the big companies. Yeah, maybe we're sitting all all maybe us the airlines everybody else we're sitting on this but nobody's thought about it before cuz nobody's asked for it. Hmm. We're kind of at it we're sort of at an interesting crossroad that we sit on a lot of value. Maybe it can be offered differently and at a different price point and more transparently. We don't know because we've never been asked. So mm. it's that discovery phase as well. It's a challenge for the startups because they're very, well, I don't understand. I need that and want that. I'm sure you have it. And other, we'll sit back and go, well, yeah, that makes complete sense. But now we have to work through do we have it? Right. Can we offer it? Can we package it? Can it be provided without complications, legal ones, regulatory ones, whatever it is? So there's right. this aspect that's under the covers that wouldn't necessarily ever be available or understood by a startup. You've you got to yeah. really help them understand <laughs> that. you got to break them through that that initial yeah. ignorance or Shock naivety. That, right, yeah. I, I have to do what? Or <laughs> I can't just easily get to that. So yeah. that's just an, an interesting crossroad that we're at. I, there's some things, you know, now that we're hearing all about NDC as well. Now there's pros and cons to that. But in the reality, their structure and standards and things like that can make things easier, but they also can restrict. So I've been thinking a lot through this. I don't feel like I can intelligently speak a lot to a lot of that just yet. Mm. But I I see good and bad things coming out of that. And I, I think it could create more challenges for for startups that are coming up with very unique ways, very unique business models. Mm. Um but I don't know. In the end, the, the challenges are pretty much that. It's, you know, maybe they don't have a lot of money. It's another one. You know, they're very, they're very green and they need technology. They need technology to get started. It'll be one right, of the first the things they're going to spend their money on. So it is a little, you know, horse chicken before the cart, yeah. chicken and egg, and however you want to yeah. say that. So you want to help them. And I will figure out a way to do that because that's what they need to prove what they want to do 
to get any traction at all. So how do we do that? Well, it's also part of the services that we provide. We have, a, again, this, this expertise, industry knowledge, expertise, the ability to get somebody into a test environment to look and see what's available without having to outlay any investment. Mm-hmm. I think that's an important thing to trust that you can get these startups hands-on experience and kind of move away, move them out of the other churn that you may have to go through in a large organization to, to again, understand how you could offer them or find something that is going to help them or work through the internal workings of, you know, getting a priority queued up, getting someone to research something, going through a go-to-market, all the things that generally larger established companies have to do. But have something there that there keeps them interested, keeps them testing, work, yeah. helping them, work, working with them. A sandbox. While you work, yeah, isolate them from that right. and give them something that's going to give them some hope <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> to right. start with. But, yeah. um, so we, we, you know, we, you have to do that. The we have box. to do our due diligence on our side and all the steps we have to go through, even if we want to be really nimble and, and do something quick. So we mm. have things in place that get access quick to stuff. People, technology, developer sandbox has gone a long way. You know, people use that loosely, but ours is ours is great. I can in five minutes give someone access to that I can do that now. Yeah. In the beginning, people were like, "Carrie, you're not in that area. You can't do that. Well, just show me how to do it, and I'll do it." And built the trust internally with my colleagues to give me and my team and our team that opportunity to do that. That's true. And open it up for them. Well, you know, it's interesting. You alluded to this earlier, um, you know, that, that a lot of different airlines are opening up pilots with, mm-hmm. with startups and um, generally that the, that the technology needs new advances. It's almost like the industry is uh, working together at this point to engage new entrepreneurs and technologists to help them dig out of the existing current techno- like uh, yes. technology infrastructure Yeah. to make sure that somebody who can still actually manage that technology infrastructure exists because the te- they're, they're almost catching up with the talent pool. Mm-hmm. And uh, I'd be curious as your thoughts, because, you know, there's a lot of, there's a lot of new trends that are going on for travel startups. Yes. I mean, best landscape for, for venture capital that, and fundraising in general that has existed, I think ever, ever. right now. Yeah. And that is um, a testament again to the industry's attention to it, but also the the uh, the investor community's uh, attention to the opportunity, mm-hmm. but last time we had a landslide amount of uh, you know um, funds put into travel startups, there was some really terrible returns. I think it was like 2013 or something. Yeah, that's when it all kind of went quiet. Exactly. <laughs> so I'd be curious your you, you, yeah. you know your your opinion. Do you think that this is going to happen again? Do you think we're going to have like big cash loads into a bunch of startups all at once? And then we're going to be quiet for three years. Or do you think the industry is really going to go in for the long haul? I think the latter. I think the industry is going to go in it for the long haul this time. Mm-hmm. I think there has been, an, and again, my just my personal thoughts, observations, talk, working on this program and mm-hmm. attending interesting events and meeting interesting people in the space. I, I think there's a, a more cautious approach. Um, a focused approach and a more kind of realistic approach and understanding that it's not an easy industry to break into. Mm -hmm. You need to probably align yourself with, with 
people that have been in the industry for a while. And it is a crossroad of, you know, the aging travel industry people and the new people coming in with startups. And But I do think in tandem, the well-established companies, the suppliers, technology, GDSs, everybody are are really embracing it. I think, you know, the industry itself has finally said we 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 have to make improvements here. Mm-hmm. And we maybe don't need to make all those improvements on our own. But if we listen and we look at some key areas that you know, can't do everything all at once as well, look at some key areas that are going to bring the biggest value. So you're right. not disrupting uh, you're not you're not disrupting the cash cow that exists at that large company. Right. I think that's the key. If you're not doing that, and you've got enough people that are interested in helping the industry change and grow and and just kind of get out of the same stuff that's been happening over and over and over again. I mean, any book you go on anywhere and you let's just use a booking. Path, you know, booking path at it. It's right. all pretty much the same. Right. There's not a lot of differentiation in price. You know, there everything's your the cross selling and the upselling is pretty much the same. But these startups are bringing unique stuff to that. You know, I've seen one that's an extension on a web browser, lays over an OTA, provides some light policy for unmanaged travelers. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. Completely integrated into the the company's. TMC, back right? off back end operations yeah. or back back office operations and that company's getting a val a huge value out of that mm-hmm. that's a that's a cool little gadget yeah and those that's gonna happen but i do i do like that when i talk to my internal colleagues anyone at an airline or even in the hospitality area people are embracing this and they're realizing too again back to they can't they can't do stuff on their own mm-hmm. and building things always on your own or changing things always on your own yeah everybody wants to try to look at that but partnership communities and marketplaces for helping things change launch scale grow it's I, I think it's a beautiful thing. And I believe yeah. everybody's looking at it that way and embracing that. Uh, so I like that. So I, I, I don't think – I there may not be more money going in. There's a, there's quite a bit now. Right. Lots yeah. of interesting accelerators, funds, and very you know travel-specific. Lots of help and collaboration going on with, with later stage or mature startups who are also in helping the, the younger startups. Right. Kind of bring them, bring them along. So the the collaborative That's our approach, approach in so many exactly. Ways. Yeah. It it's it's different. I think mm-hmm. it's different. And I've only been doing. I mean, I worked at a startup from before it launched, and I've been mm-hmm. part of that whole world, which I loved. It's how I really started to grow in my career and just understand holistically how so many things worked. Right. That's kind of the the beauty of starting out here too. What they need a little help with is connecting the dots on. Again, understanding how the industry works and who in the industry could be an influencer or an assistant or a helper to them, and we want to, we want to be that. Right. Um, That's but great. I, I think I, I see it's here to stay, and just going to get better. That's my that's my view. We're in the future of travel in yeah. no time. <laughs> yeah, shaping the future of travel. <laughs> yeah, continuing I... to shape the future. Of travel. <laughs> exactly. 
I um so I'd love to ask you something a little off the beaten path. Sure. Uh, personal question about you, about Carrie, because uh, we've talked a lot about startups and innovation and and Amadeus and what you guys are doing mm-hmm. there. But you know, you drive this and you travel quite a bit. Yeah. So I'd be curious: is there anywhere that you've traveled that just feels perfectly at Zen, where you feel totally one with yourself, and yeah. why? Wow, there's there's two well there's gosh, so many memories just flooded through my mind. I am a pretty avid solo traveler and I've done a lot of adventurous things on my own and I really like road trips. So two things or three things that pop out into my mind that I've done and I, the road trips to me are really zen. I like is it the driving? It's the driving. It's the thinking. It's the scenery. It's the just coming up upon things and sort of having a loose itinerary. Hmm. <laughs> I've driven all around Scotland. That was amazing. That sounds amazing. It was really amazing. I mean, and Scotland. I oh, it's a fabulous place. <laughs> really great. Just so many his, just history everywhere and just cool stuff. And that that really makes me happy. That and New Zealand was another place. Yeah. different uh, than Scotland, but I drove all around the South and the North Island. I uh, spent about a month doing that. The culture and the differences in the people there and the this, the terrain, the differences in the North and the South Island and from the cities to this tiny little towns, I find it very, I love just exploring different places and culture. And that, that to me is fun. I did a one road, drove uh, Highway 1, is it 1A? Whatever along the California yeah, the, coast. So from yeah. San Francisco to Seattle. Now, that was a road trip, road and train. Trains I love, too. Done some cool stuff. South Africa's got a great train trip across the country. <laughs> but I like that. Even more yeah. so than, I mean, flying there is great if I'm comfortable and I'm in business <laughs> class. <laughs> I have enough pitch to stretch my legs out. <laughs> the person in front of me doesn't recline. No, I mean, obviously, obviously. <laughs> Plane travel is near and dear to my heart. But once I get there, mm-hmm. I really like to not just stay in one place and explore the whole country. Awesome. And those are just some – you asked for one. There's, there isn't just one. There's, I mean, the, there's a couple places. It's funny. I played this game with some colleagues. that We had a huge uh, event. And the questions on the table were – and everybody was from a different country. And we kind of mapped ourselves that way. Some had met before. Some had not. And I, we played this game. It said, so where have you been in the world that you would go back to? And where have you not been that you really want to visit? So it was kind of a two-part question. It was really interesting. I not wish I dissimilar to, yeah. <laughs> to what you just asked. But, um, yeah, I would, I would go back to New Zealand and South Africa hmm. for very similar reasons. And I would – where I want to go is Antarctica. Hmm. And uh, – Traverse the land. Yeah. Actually, probably start down our Chile, go all the way down and down through Argentina and and do a road trip, but end up going around Antarctica. So that's a, it's a bucket list. That's my last one. <laughs> not my last not my last trip ever, but that's a, a place I that's been on my bucket list for a while um, that I haven't been. Right. Is there um is there a final thought that you'd like to share? Something mm-hmm. A reflection on our discussion, this yeah. like little fireside chat that we've yeah. been doing, or or um, the events today, perhaps, or um, 
you know, just your experience overall with the startup program. Mm -hmm. I can come at it from two perspectives from, from Amadeus's perspective, you know, final thought is we're, we're here to support and evolve as we need to, to continue to support the efforts of startups in, in travel. And, um, we believe we have the assets to do so, whether it's our technology or our people and our partners. And we're going to keep, we're going to keep evolving until we get it right. And maybe we, maybe you don't ever get it right. You just keep evolving as everything changes. And mm -hmm. that's, that's what I like about it. It's like, I learn something new every day. And that's what I find exciting and fascinating. It kind of keeps me going and thinking, oh, you know, maybe we need this or maybe we can do that. And I, I think startups need to have, I mean, just keep, don't give up. I mean, if they, I mean, there's all the core things that everybody looks at. If you're, you know, if you, is your, is your idea good? Is, you know, really some of the problem? Is there, you know, you obviously have to have competition. Don't think you don't, you know. Is your yeah. team the right team? You know, all the normal things. But if you are truly passionate about what you're doing, keep figuring out a way to do it. And and if it means you need to talk to more people or or talk to someone that's been through it or pivot a little bit or change your name or whatever, it is, how simple it might be, if you're passionate about, about what you're doing and where you want to take it, keep keep doing it. Awesome. And find someone that's going to help you, mentor you, align with you, believe in you, and and keep keep going. That's awesome. That is good advice. <laughs> <laughs> Stay the course. Stay the course. Yeah. And you know, at, at some point, you got to believe. You got you got to you have to believe that, and mm -hmm. and you'll know. I think I think you will know that moment when when it may not right. work, but it seems to me there's a lot of ways to keep to stay the course and, and keep trying to make it work. And I've seen that with a lot of I mean, we have a very, very low go out of business rate. I mean, yeah. if that however you wanna, you know, our fail rate. Fail rate. <laughs> I guess I don't I mean, know. Go out of business fail the rate. fail rate. Yeah. <laughs> um yeah, it's been yeah. out of all the startups that we've spoken to or and ones that have made it through the program, we've helped in one way, shape or form, it's a very, very low failure rate. True failure rate. Mm. So I, I think that's great. I think it's really, it's, it's really telling. It's really yeah. telling. Yeah. You know, that's awesome. but well, um, is there a way that, uh, someone could get in touch with you or the work you do with Amadeus? Yeah, absolutely. You, we have a, uh, Amadeus for startups website. So anybody could Google that and you will, you will find our website and there's a form on there and that, that form you fill in, it actually comes directly to me. So awesome. nobody, you can't miss me. You'll find me through that form. And then you're right into uh, working with the team. I'll, I'll pretty much contact, I mean, we have certain qualifications and assessments that we go through, but we generally speak to everybody if and when we can. Um, we're growing the team as well. So we're trying to keep up with the demand and that's fun. And we, it's exciting that we are growing the team. Yeah. So hopefully we, we can touch base with everybody. That's the easiest way. Also looking me up on LinkedIn. Anybody can ask me questions through that or, or you know, connect with me. I'm, I'm happy to do that and, and have conversations that way too. Awesome. So you can you can find me there <laughs> under my full name. No, no crazy handle on LinkedIn. <laughs> Harry Zile. So. <laughs> awesome. Well, thank you again for, for hanging out with me today and 
and uh, talking this through. It's been really great. Thank you, John. My pleasure. (laughs) This has been Travel Is Your Business. To suggest guests or content for the show or to become a sponsor, email us at podcast at travelisyourbusiness.com. Keep up with the show on social media at Travel Biz Show. That's Travel B-I-Z Show. Episodes available on iTunes, Stitcher, and Google Play, along with our website, travelisyourbusiness.com. Copyright 2018. All rights reserved. No portion of the episode may be distributed or published without the express written permission of the producers. Thanks for listening. This is Mouth Media Network, covering the business of lifestyle.